Is it possible that God has given us the ability to see things in the spiritual realm? I mean, can we see angels? And if we use our imagination, is that really godly? Does God want us to like to shut off our imagination or are we supposed to use it to see? The other question is, is seeing something for everybody or is it just for a select few? Well, my guest, and I'm super excited, is author and speaker Michael Van Vlyman of River Blessings International Ministries. He has written so many books, but the book that we're going to talk about today is about how to see in the spirit. And this is going to help you just to clearly discern what God is trying to show you. So thank you so much, Michael. Thank you for coming on Touch by Prayer. It is an honor to be here with you. I'm, I'm really glad to be here. Excited. This is I mean, it has been, seriously, I have been so excited for weeks ever since we made this appointment because I just know that that God is going to reveal such truths because your book really breaks down the ability to see in a, into a, a different dimension, into a spiritual realm that not so many people think is accessible. So can you just kind of give me a backstory of how you even saw this as being a possibility? Wow. Well, you know, it, it, it kind of, from my end, it kind of seemed like an accident. Of course, we know it wasn't an accident. The Holy Spirit leads us. But as I would, early on when I learned about deliverance, I would intercede for people, and if I would spend a lot of time in intercession, occasionally I would see into the spirit realm and I would see evil spirits. That was an occasional thing, though, and it wasn't always so pleasant. So you would but that kind of yes. So you would actually see demons, basically. I would see demons. I would be praying for someone, and. Um, I think the first time this happened, I'd been praying a couple hours for someone and just really uh, interceding and passionate. And then all of a sudden I looked up and there were these uh, evil spirits, these demons standing in the room glaring at me. So it made me realize that we can see the unseen. But unfortunately, at that time, I didn't know that you could actually see angels. So... So you, I found that out much later. So you thought that God only gave you the ability to see in into a darker dimension so that you can get people free. Yeah, that's kind of what that's kind of what I surmised because that was my experience and I kind of built my my belief around what I was experiencing and I I didn't find out for like 20 years that you could actually see the angelic realm. Wow. So when was the first yeah. time that you actually got to see an angel? Um, that I was aware of. I, I, you know, I, came, I, I came to an awareness later that I have seen angels lots of times without being aware of it. But um, I'm going to say that the first time that I saw an angel was um, about seven years ago. And I was in a grocery store. And do you want to hear the story? I can tell you the story. Absolutely. Okay. So uh, a woman came into the uh, parking lot, and she was driving really fast, and she almost ran over an elderly woman. And I got really angry. So I go into the grocery store, and I see this woman, and I think I'm going to give her a piece of my mind. So I'm walking towards her. And I see this man standing to my left, and he's just looking at me. 
and I thought, he's quite a large man, and I really couldn't tell how old he was. He looked like he was somewhere between 30 and 60, which should have been my first clue that something was not normal. But uh, So I went over to the woman, and I began to just to tell her, you know, you, what you did was wrong, you almost ran over that lady. And so this man, he pushes a shopping cart in between the woman and I, and he tells me, you need to walk away. And she never acknowledges him, but she's arguing with me. And so I continue to tell her that, you know, she was could have hurt the woman. And, and so the man tells me again, you need to walk away. And the woman still has not even looked at this man, even though he's huge, and he's interjecting himself into the conversation. So finally, I turn to him, like the third time he tells me that, I turn to him, and I take a step towards him, and then I began to shake violently, and I realized at that point, okay, this must be an angel, because just being close to him caused like a physical reaction in me. So I backed up, I apologized, and in my mind I'm thinking, why did I even do that? That's not me. And so the angel, he turned to me and he said, uh, because the woman did not react the way you expected her to, he answered my thought. Then he walked behind the magazine rack and disappeared. So that was my first encounter with an angel. I was being rebuked. Oh, <laughs> so it wasn't like the happy angel with the wings, you know, singing lullabies no. to you. This was like, dude, you just messed up. <laughs> yeah, and you know, the crazy thing was, like the first few times that I have seen angels, that was the scenario. I was doing something, and I got rebuked. So finally, I got past most of that stuff, and then I had some more happy encounters. Wow. But now, there, yeah. there actually is um, something that you mentioned in your book, which, um, which is about your wife, that you, you actually said that she started to shake. And when she started to shake, you, you actually saw an angel inside of her? Now, well, here's, here's what happened. The first time that um, she began to shake under the power of God was in 2011, and... Randy Clark had just prayed for her, and like within minutes, she told me later that an angel came and put his hand inside her and like was shaking her violently. She had been crying out to the Lord because I was experiencing things in the Spirit, and she was experiencing nothing. So she was, she was at this point when we went to the Randy Clark meeting, she was saying like, you know, Lord, if you don't do something, I'm just going to be religious. I'm just going to be a nice, religious person, and I'm going to go through my life without, you know, really seeking you, because I've been seeking you so much, and it's not paying off. So she was very, she was like crying, and she's like weeping, and she's just saying, Lord, you have to do something. Well, then Randy prayed for her, and then um, an angel came and shook her violently for like two hours, and, uh, yeah, so that was the first experience that I had ever seen that, at least at home. I saw people on, on uh, TV. I saw Heidi Baker shake like that before, and, 
I think Stacy Campbell and a couple others, but I'd never seen it so up close and personal. Yeah, and, and, and the best way to, to describe this shaking, and, and if you guys can visualize this, back in the 50s, they used to have these machines that would wrap around a woman's waist, and it would shake her violently. It was almost like a vibrator. It was like a big belt that would shimmy yes. her back and forth, and the entire body would shake. Well, that is shaking in the spirit. So you shake not just on your hands. You shake from the top of your head to the soles of your feet and everything moves. Now, I know this because I've experienced this. <laughs> and, I, and I shook when I would shake and I was bent over shaking. And I said to the Lord, I said, Lord, Lord, please stop this shaking because I'm going to throw up. And he would say, you're not going to throw up. Do you trust me? <laughs> and that when that, wow. th- that same conversation went on, Lord, please stop this shaking. I don't want to throw up. He goes, you're not going to throw up. Do you trust me? And then he shook me and shook me strong. I mean, really, like I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to puke. And and then I said a third time, I said, Lord, please, please stop this shaking. I'm going to I don't want to throw up. And he said, you're not going to throw up. Do you trust me? And then I responded, I trust you. Do what you have to do. And as soon as I said that, it stopped. Wow. As soon as I said that, it stopped. And, I, and then, and, and so the next night when I went back to this, this conference where, you know, uh, I think it was Larry Randolph that got me shaking and I saw Larry Randolph again and I was like, Oh, I'm like, Lord, please don't let me shake. He goes, no more shaking, uh, no more shaking. So I, when I read in your book, I was like, Holy moly. And, and, and just for those who, um, who don't know what the book is, it is uh, How to See in the Spirit. And you can actually find this book at Amazon.com. And you can also go to, um, to your website, correct? So it's How to See yeah. in the Spirit, a practical yeah. guide on engaging, in the spirit, engaging the spirit realm. So you guys can, um, can actually uh, check that out. So, so going back to the book, Mike, what yeah. – like – you know, here you were, were, were you always like charismatic? Were you always like, um, experiencing all these things or oh, when no. did this kind of happen? Oh, no, no. I, I was raised, my, my father's a pastor and I was raised in an evangelical church that we didn't believe any of the supernatural or the miracles. We used to make fun of Pentecostal people and, uh, yeah, I can remember being like 10 years old and, and mocking, uh, praying in tongues and uh, waving my hands in the air. And that was normal behavior for, for a lot of evangelicals. And uh, so I, I definitely grew up thinking that, you know, anything supernatural was of the devil. So I didn't really realize that, you know, the supernatural was, was uh, you know, part of that's, you know, God's kingdom that we had access to until I actually needed deliverance. And a Pentecostal man had a word of knowledge and uh, came to me and explained to me what my issue was, ministered deliverance to me, and then set me on the course of of, um, learning to pray for people and see people set free. And that's when my eyes began to open. But 20 years later, I'm hearing all these great testimonies from people that my wife has run into. She's making friends with these people that are uh, uh, watching Sid Roth's program and and listening to other 
uh, prophetic ministers, and they're giving all these great testimonies about visits with the Lord, trips to heaven, angelic visitations, and it began to like spur a hunger in me, and that was about seven or eight years ago. Okay. Now, for those who don't know who Sid Roth is, Sid Roth has a show called It's Supernatural. Just Google it. Trust me. That's, that, that's, you and I have actually run in very similar circles, or at least your wife and I. Yeah. Because that's how I started to find out about this stuff. Is I started, coincidentally, I was changing the channels when I was up visiting a friend up in Buffalo, New York. And I landed on Sid Roth. And there was this woman who was talking about how her son was in heaven when he was in a coma. And talked about this incredible thing. He couldn't speak, but he was able to write. And so he wrote about his experiences in heaven. And I was like, wait a second, what is this show? <laughs> And then when I came back to New Jersey, what was crazy is all of a sudden there was this, this station called Daystar and it had all this Christian programming, including this show, It's Supernatural. And that's where I started to, to hear all these incredible stories. And one of my favorite people was, um, John Paul Jackson. I would just, anything he, he said or talked about, I would watch his YouTube videos and then, of course, um, you know, Finger of God was the first time I ever saw healing in, in operation because I didn't, wow. I didn't even know that we could do that. I'm like, we can do that? Oh, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, that's a real motivator. Yeah, well, you know, and I think that's the thing is as, as your wife was starting to see these things and hear these testimonies, there was a fire that was starting to burn inside of her saying, wait a second, this yeah. is something that, that I might be interested in. Yeah, absolutely. It's and, like, uh, you know, well, how could you not want that? Well, because your your mind will say this is not real. Your mind will tell you, well, that's just not for you. They're anointed and see they have a right. platform. And, you know, you can't write a book about supernatural oh, yeah. stuff. But but you did. <laughs> so, yeah, okay. I went through all those those mm-hmm. issues, believe me. <laughs> Okay, so, let, so let's go back. So now you're starting to hear these stories from your wife, and she's starting to tell you about, you know, Sid Roth, and, and she's starting out, she started to actually meet some of these people, or was it just because she was hearing their testimonies, and then she would start to kind of go after their teachings well, and so forth? Yeah, she was, she was hearing the testimonies, but she had a friend that used to come over, and her friend would tell us these testimonies because she was more in tune with what was going on. She was more tapped into it. We were just kind of sticking our foot in the water at that point. But her friend, as she would tell these uh, miraculous stories, she would sit there at our kitchen table and she would get covered in gold dust. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, So, and I thought, oh, this is wild. This is crazy. So um, I used to enjoy when when Gordana said, okay, uh, my friend's coming over. I would I would watch to see how long it would take from the time she walked into the door till the gold dust appeared on her. It was like a little uh, you know timing thing I had once the testimony started. But when I saw that, and you know Gordana saw that, and we started listening to all these stories and stuff like that, it's like then we began to really get engaged when someone would be on Sid's show and they would talk about, okay, now we're going to pray an impartation for this gift or for healing or for seeing. We would be actively saying, you know, stretched our hands out towards the uh, TV screen and we'd be by faith receiving all that. And that's went on for quite a while. So now Without then, really seeing much fruit. 
Well, and see, that's the whole thing. One of the things that you wrote in your book is you talk about that you, you kind of had to practice. That as, yeah. so, so the first time that you actually saw was when you were doing deliverance and you saw demons. And then, then yeah. you got to see the angel. And now I'm not thinking you saw this angel in the spirit. I'm saying you saw this angel manifested here on earth in front of you. <laughs> yes, yes. I've seen a few that way, yeah. Okay. So, and, and that's a whole different level of seeing because um, you spoke in your book about Jonathan Welton, who I happened to catch on Sid Roth and followed yeah. for quite a time. Um, and when he got his gift of seeing in the spirit, like he saw, but he didn't see in his mind's eye, he saw with his physical eyes. And one right. of the things that, that the Lord said to him is he said that he turned it on full force so he could see what he was capable of doing, but then he yeah. turned it down and he said, okay, now you got to build yourself back up to that. And I yeah. thought, whoa, now that's a good teacher. Holy yeah, Spirit's I a great teacher. I had kind of a similar path. Mm-hmm. So the uh, Lord how, showed me a bunch of stuff, but he he really didn't. It's not like he just turned it on for me. He showed me uh, the potential and what was going on, and then I had to deal with uh, veils that block us from seeing and repentance and focus and awareness, and and I really had to engage, but. Really, the first time that I began to realize uh, what that was going to look like was uh, watching Sid's show when I heard Bruce Allen talk about uh, engaging uh, the kingdom uh, for God to show you something. And that's when I realized that stillness, focus, awareness, and desire all mixed into one was a powerful thing to kind of launch you in that direction. Okay, so let me just let, let me just stop for one second because there was something that you said that just hit me and it was the veil. Can you just kind of talk about some of the hindrances that could stop a person from from seeing what God is trying to show them? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the Lord showed me one night. Uh, you know, I would I would lay in bed and I would say, "Lord, show me something." This is after my eyes began to open. And he began to teach me about this subject. He showed me these veils. They look like um, opaque, dark curtains, many layers and levels that were just hanging in the air around me. And he told me that these veils are formed through uh, things that we encounter throughout our life, fear, unforgiveness, bitterness, hatred, anger, traumas that we've, uh, sicknesses we've experienced, all these different things, uh, doubt and unbelief, can create actual spiritual veils that keep us from seeing into the spiritual realm. And um, then, of course, then he told me how these veils, you know, fall away, because I noticed the veils had cuts and holes in them, and I asked him about that, and he explained how all those holes and cuts got in the veils and how to be rid of them. But those veils keep us from seeing... Probably more than anything, though, what keeps most of us from seeing is not having an awareness that we actually can see and that it's something that that is available to us, because if we're not looking for it, we're not going to see it. Oh, that's good. That's really good. Okay, so what were some of the keys that the Lord showed you to remove some of these veils? 
Okay, uh, the veils, uh, a few different things. Forgiveness was huge. To go through uh, every part of your life where uh, you might even be thinking about being unforgiving towards someone and just you know, clear the slate, forgiveness for everybody, and then just take authority over anything the enemy has brought in your life and command those things now that forgiveness has been given, that anything blocking and hindering you has to go. Um, so forgiveness, uh, confessing sins, even if it's something from you know years ago, and, you, and a person might think, you know, I don't have a problem with that anymore. Yes, but if it wasn't confessed as sin and ask forgiveness, then it's not really dealt with, and sometimes it can be like a, a legality or a legal right that would keep the enemy from uh, to keep a veil in place where we wouldn't be able to see through it. So that and sanctification, focus on the Word, worship, all these things that we're normally taught to do um, in the Word to focus on heavenly things, all these things actually remove veils from our eyes. And I noticed even actively asking for sanctification because I would sit in my prayer chair and I would just say, Lord, sanctify me, make me clean, make my eyes clean, make me clean, sanctify me. And I would pray this for like, you know, an hour, two hours, sometimes more. And just, I began to like picture the Lord dumping fire over my head and, and just in my imagination, seeing the Lord sanctify me. And what I noticed was when that would happen at a certain point, there'd be like something that would I'd make a connection, and one of the veils or, or some of the veils would fall away. And so I realized it's sanctification. The Lord showed me that that is also a very important thing, to get rid of the veils so that you can see clearly. Interesting. So let me just ask you, so for those who don't know how to sanctify themselves or to put, put apart themselves, to be right. made clean— um, so that there is nothing that is hindering God to flow through them. So what are some of the processes that the Lord kind of took you through to help you get sanctified? Okay, that's um, basically uh, setting aside time with Him in prayer and worship. That was, that was like all these, all these little things that we would normally do. They have a purpose greater than... than uh, that I was even aware of. Uh, Bible study. Keeping the Word in front of your eyes helps cleanse you. It's like the washing of the water of the Word. It's like the Word itself was bringing sanctification. And the atmosphere of worship, because heaven joins us in our worship, and that atmosphere of God's glory coming, and just um, being in that place where... Uh, you know, it says that, that God is enthroned on the praises of his people. Being in the atmosphere of heaven as you're in worship, that also brings sanctification. Then you can also ask for sanctification by faith. Just ask the Lord, sanctify me, set me apart. And he can supernaturally do that. He can bring a cleansing. And a lot of I've experienced a lot of strange cleansings, you know, where like winds would come upon me and just, just uh, get rid of all kinds of garbage off of me, and and uh, you know fire would come down upon me, and just 
it would, I could feel like a cleansing taking place just by asking by faith. But if someone was pursuing this, you know, actively to be sanctified and to be rid of anything that would keep them from seeing, I would say definitely um, prayer, forgiveness, uh, repentance, as like a, a, as a process, just every day, just go through those steps, you know, pray, study the Word, ask for forgiveness, forgive others, ask the Holy Spirit to reveal areas, and then actively ask the Lord, sanctify me, and sanctify me, and spend some serious time asking Him to do that until an activation, until a connection takes place. Well, you know, in the Bible, in Psalms 139.23, David always would say to the Lord, search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. So there, there's always a part of us that we, we need to ask, Father, to show us some of the things because some of the things I, I kind of like to, I equate some of the stuff that we have buried as termites, that you yeah. might not see them, but they're messing with your foundation. <laughs> and so, yeah, absolutely. so sometimes we have to, we have to ask somebody who is a good termite cleaner to come in and say, okay, you know, show me the termites. And the best person for that job is Holy Spirit. So if you yeah. ask God, if you say, Lord, search me, show me my iniquity, show me the things that, that I have held onto, the, the false teachings or the misunderstandings or the, the offenses that I've held onto, because I, I think that what God is, is, is doing is as he frees us, he can move easily through us because where we don't have any blockages, then we right. can't block what God wants to do, Right. Yeah, exactly. And of course, you know, the Holy Spirit knows where all those Absolutely. all those little issues are that we've long forgotten about sometimes. And so so following his voice actually will you know, you're not stumbling around wondering what to do next. You just follow his voice and he'll lead you through the process. You know, and the other thing that you wrote in your book and you you even just said it now is about praise. You know, I think that some people misunderstand what worship is because Worship is just not singing a bunch of hymns. Worship is an act. Worship is a, a, a place of just your heart actually sings out to God. Even if you don't sing, like some people are like, yeah. oh, I'm not a worshiper because I can't sing. No, no, no. You're missing the point of worship. Worship is, is a, a pure uh, surrendering of your spirit to, to magnify and to honor God. I think that's, that's really, if you start to think about it, that you just let go of all your stuff and nothing else matters, and you just fully concentrate on the awesomeness of who your Heavenly Father is, that's worship. And it doesn't even matter the music. It could have words. It could not have words. It could just be a melody. But people can worship God 24-7 because our spirit never sleeps. So they're like what you said about putting worship music in your home. You set your atmosphere. And I think that's the other thing too, that you purposefully did different acts in your home that would be conducive for the Holy Spirit to show you things. Yeah. And uh, you know what you were just saying a minute ago about worship also, you're absolutely right. You, you might not even have music playing. You might not even be speaking, and you can be worshiping, you know, and real powerfully. But 
uh, as far as yeah, setting the tone of the household, I realized uh, the Lord showed me early on as I was pursuing all these things that I, it couldn't be me living in the natural realm and then, you know, like sticking my head through the window to see in the Spirit. It had to be uh, an atmosphere where we're always in the Spirit. Like you, like you were just saying that you could always be worshiping, and so if I set, I found ways to try and set the atmosphere of our home and of our lives so that we're continually engaging the realm of the kingdom, and with worship continually playing worship music and and um, continually talking about what God's doing, continually praying and and just praying in tongues and worshiping God and really setting, uh, making decrees and prophesying over our family and our home just continually all the time, uh, establishing heaven in this place. And that really, I think, made a huge difference. So let me ask you just to, can you give us a couple of stories of different things that God has shown you that have not only increased your faith of your abilities to see, but have also increased your faith of God is constantly working behind the scenes, and we just don't acknowledge it or see it. Oh yeah, yeah. The um, well, I've got I've got a couple really. You know, when I began to see, when I when I realized that you have to look if you want to see, especially if you're not used to seeing in the spiritual realm. You have to be aware and actually look. And uh, the Lord began to teach me about that. And I, and I was praying one night, and, and uh, it was late at night or early in the morning. I don't remember, maybe 2 o'clock in the morning. And I'm laying in bed, and, I, and I'm just practicing seeing into the spiritual realm. And I would see little flashes of light and movements in the atmosphere. And I was being very, I was excited, but at the same time I was disappointed because I knew that the Lord was showing me how our eyes see and how that works, but at the same time I wasn't seeing anything clearly enough that it was like, wow, you know. So I'm uh, I'm laying there in bed, and I said, you know, I wonder why I can't see any better than this. And And an angel that was apparently by the foot of the bed spoke, and he said, because you're distracted. Well, as soon as that voice, as soon as I heard the voice, it gave me something to focus on, and then I looked in that direction, and I saw the angel materialize, and pretty soon, like within 30 seconds, this angel standing there at the foot of the bed. And uh, he spoke about how we're distracted by physical things because our focus is always on physical things. And, I, and it was a lesson to me that we have to continually be aware of the spiritual realm right alongside the physical realm. Everywhere we go, everywhere we are, regardless of the situation, we have to be aware that we are in both realms, and then that will bring a greater ability to see without being distracted by the physical from the spiritual. So that was, that was one little thing, that, that uh, a visitation that the Lord showed me. Uh, another time I was in my prayer chair, and um, I was still really pursuing greater sight 
I was having these experiences where sometimes I could see clearly for a few days, and I could see all kinds of stuff, you know, angels walking around the house and standing in different rooms, and I would see orbs of light and all kinds of stuff. But I wasn't seeing clearly all the time. And so I'm in my prayer chair, and I'm just talking to the Lord about this. And as I'm waiting on the Lord, which is another process for opening your spiritual eyes, as I'm waiting on the Lord, my spiritual eyes open, and I see an angel, but he's in the distance. And I called out to him, and I said, could you help me for a minute? And so the angel comes over to me, and he, was, he looked like he was going somewhere else, but he stopped for a minute, and he said, what can I do for you? And I said, I want to see better than I do. And when I said that, he, his eyes immediately looked like they were injured and bleeding. And I said, and it kind of freaked me out a little bit. I said, what are you doing? I know that you're an angel. And then his eyes became normal again, and he said, your eyes have been injured from all the garbage that you've put into them. Ooh. He said, but the Lord can heal them. And then he just turned and walked away. So that gave me another key that sometimes our eyes, our spiritual eyes are injured by subjecting them even to normal life. You don't even have to be seeking to look at bad things, but just through all of the stuff that we see even randomly can afflict your eyes. So we have to, you know, ask the Lord to heal us and restore us also. So those are two things that the Lord showed me about spiritual sight through visitations. Well, you know, it's interesting. There was a gentleman who talked about how his son could see angels. And he was so excited that his son could see angels. And so he said to his son, he, and he was a pastor, I believe, and he goes, oh, son, he goes, can you ask God, am I going to be able to see angels? And the son looked at him so sad, and he said, oh, daddy, I'm so sorry. He says, but your eyes have seen so much evil that they can't see angels yet, but one day they will. And I thought about that and I went, oh my gosh. Because if you look at some of the stuff we have seen, look at the stuff on TV, look at the movies that we've yeah. seen, look at the, heck, look at news, look at the things yeah, that... Yeah, news, commercials. Oh my gosh, there is so much out there to to really, and oh my gosh, okay, so anyway, <laughs> I just had like an epiphany, I'm sorry. Yeah. But it's like, but if you really think about it, could it be that the enemy is trying to thwart our vision by showing us stuff that's going to make us unable to see because of the damage that's been done? Absolutely. That's interesting. I just, hmm. Because there are, I think there's also a fear, you know? I, I, and, and it's funny, as you, you shared that vision, I immediately saw it. As you shared it, I saw exactly what you saw. And I could yeah. see the eyes being closed, and I could see the blood, and I could see almost like they didn't have eyes. Yeah, exactly. And that's, that's what, what exactly like. what I saw, and I was like, wow, that's quite an image, because it could be very scary, because yeah. we think of the horror movies and the stuff. But, but what God is saying, you know, I always think about the verse that says that God is so holy. You know, and people, you know, isn't there a verse that, oh, it's in, it's in um, Exodus, where Moses says, I want to see you. And God says to him, you can't, your eyes can't, you, your eyes can't uh, see my glory. He says, but yeah. what I will do is I go into the cleft of the rock and I'll shield you. And then when I pass by, I'll remove my hand so that you can see. And after he saw the glory of the Lord, his face shined 
And it was so bright and so brilliant that other people, if they, when they looked at him, they dropped dead because yeah. of the glory. And so he had to wear a veil. And yep. if we really take that context and if we start to think about it and bring it into a spiritual level, that there was something that he was able to see with his natural eyes, but it still was a spiritual experience. Yeah, and sometimes it's hard to tell. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when Paul says, in the body or out of the body, I, I, don't, I don't know. know. Yeah. It really, you know, showed me that through the experiences that I've been having with seeing and going and things like that, that a lot of times, because the spiritual dimension is every bit as real um, as the physical, and even more so, that a lot of times you cannot tell the difference between uh, seeing in the spirit and seeing in the natural vision. Because it almost, so, it almost fades into the same thing. Yes, it, it, absolutely. A lot of times it looks exactly the same. Well, what's what's interesting when I first started wasn't isn't there an exercise? And I I'm just I want to make sure that I'm saying this correctly. Where you say to stare into a room, but don't look at the walls. Stare into the middle. And as you right. start to stare into the middle, taking your focus off of the walls, but staring into the middle, you'll start to see movement. You'll start to see things. And I, and so I did that. I did that, and I was like. Oh my God. And I saw stuff. And then since that time, since that time, I have been able to, I can discern when angels are present. And there have been times, especially when doing my show, there, there is this one angel who, who likes to get in extremely close into my, where my microphone is because Uh I can see the hair. I literally can see this golden hair. And for the longest time, I thought it was me until I realized, wait, my hair wouldn't be out there. But I can see this golden strand of hair that's always like like in my personal space. And somebody said that angels actually like to hear when you talk about the goodness and the things that God is doing. They love to hear that stuff. Yeah. Now, does that angel ever catch you by surprise? Like where you, you just kind of like get a little startled because um, suddenly you turn and he's right there? I don't, I don't know because usually I can kind of, oh, see, now I'm feeling all kinds mm. of stuff. <laughs> so um, like, I, like earlier when we were talking, I saw some motion over like in the corner. And yeah. um, so the, and there have been times that I've seen like white flash before my eyes. And at one point I used to see black flashed before my eyes. I used to think I could yeah. see ghosts. And this is way before I, I had my, my spiritual um, renewing. We'll call it that. You know, yeah. but I used, to, I used to see children. I mean, I saw people. Well, I once went into a church and I said, to, um, I said to somebody, I said, can I ask you a question? They said, sure. I said, do, dev- do demons come into churches? And she said, I don't know. I said, well, there's one in the back. And what the Lord said, it was a mocking spirit. It looked like, it looked like this really old man or an uh, old woman. And it was like all like hunched up and real commodity. And if you've ever seen the Muppet show, those two guys that used to sit and, and used to make fun of the yes. Muppets, that's exactly what it looked like. But as a person, it was just wow. this. And, and, I, and I was like, okay, what is that? And the Lord's like, that, that, that was a mocking spirit. And I was like, huh, but it looked like a person. And then I also saw the, the spirit of poverty because I, w- I had this encounter where this, 
I kept seeing this this thing and it was flying and it looked it looked like a person like remember when they were showing all the kids from Ethiopia and how right. thin so it looked like an Ethiopian with the big teeth and the very thin you know um, you know sallow like cheeks and and very stringy stringy hair big eyes and that's mm-hmm. what it looked like and it would and I saw it for a couple of times so one time I was I had this experience where I was I was before the Lord and all of a sudden this thing came in and I was like oh my gosh why am I thinking about a demon I'm like with God why you know and I was like freaking out and I saw oh. his hand mic smack this thing and it flew it just flew his hand just went whap and it flew and I was like what was that so a couple of days later, I'm washing my hands and I see this thing again and I heard the Lord say, poverty. So he started to kind of show me, just like you were saying, like he started to show me like different things. But my question to you, when you were a child, did you see things? You know, I don't really remember seeing things. I remember having issues with fear. Um but I'm not really sure why. I mean, at night, happened to go into my parents' room. So I'm sure that maybe I saw some things that caused me to have a fear of seeing, um, you know, dark things. Um, but I cannot really recall that. Okay. Having, you know, specifically seeing anything that uh, unseen. Um, now, I know my kids have because, you know, my my memory uh, as an adult is much better than when I was, you know, five years old. But, um, yeah, I don't really recall that. But I know that that is an issue for a lot of people, that a fear of seeing things, uh, bad dreams and mm-hmm. experiences like that would keep them from seeing, the, seeing in the spirit realm. Well, especially if you're called to be a seer. Because being, you know, having, everybody can see. Because God has given us, just like he has given us uh, five natural senses, there are five spiritual senses that he has given us. It's just that we haven't learned how to unlock them. Um, People who are in the occult, they figured it all out. Like, you know, they're smelling stuff, they're hearing stuff, you know, yeah. like they're tasting yeah. stuff. I mean, they're, they're seeing angels. Yeah. Even. Yeah. You know, because they, they have not, they've unlocked that, you know, and we, I believe the, the body we're supposed to be doing it. They're doing it illegally, but they're very comfortable in it. And we're like so trepidatious about what we do and what we say. And is this of God? And this is of not of God, you know, and, it, and it's even like speaking in tongues, like you were saying earlier that you were like, I'm never going to speak in tongues. That's just never going to happen, you know? And now, yeah. now things have changed, but it's not because you wanted it or you pursued it. It was because you knew that God, it was a gift from God. And of course you wanted right. it at that point. And I think that's, that's this whole thing that God is trying to do with, with seeing in the spirit is it's, you know, I, I really felt like I wanted to really talk about this in such a way as to give people permission. I'm giving your spirit permission to start showing you and, and letting God show you the things that are your legal birthright. Right. It's a legal And even instruction birthright. in Scripture. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Scripture, like you said earlier, we have senses. We have spiritual eyes. So, of course... God did not create us with eyes to be spiritually blind. That 
that would not be a blessing from God to oh give you gosh. eyes that are blind. Well, isn't uh, isn't that where so the, that you where can't see? And it actually tells us in Scripture yes. to look on those things that are unseen, to set our uh, sights on things that are heavenly. And so we're given instruction to do it, but I think we've reasoned away some of those scriptures so that they don't really have the same meaning that they're supposed to have to many people. Well, Jesus said, he says, you have eyes, but you do not see when he was talking to the Pharisees. Yeah. You have eyes, but you don't see. You're not seeing what God is trying to show you. You don't see the bigger picture. I mean, because even when the, when the different... Um, Apostles were then in jail. I mean, they saw angels, and yes. then and even when a lot of believers did right, and when when Peter and and John were in jail, and they were all there was a bunch of people praying for them. The little girl came and she said, "Oh, Peter's here," <laughs> and they're like, "Well, it might be it might be Peter's ghost or an angel." Yeah, because and they didn't it, believe her. And it wasn't like people ran to the door. Oh, it's an angel. Let's go look at him. Right, it's like it was commonplace. Well, for I mean, them to see. Well, if you go back to Genesis, you know, when um, before Sodom and Gomorrah was, was destroyed, angels were sent, and Lot, who was Abraham's cousin, recognized them and quickly pulled them in because right. he wanted to protect them because the people of Sodom and Gomorrah were a little crazy. So, just saying, you know, but he recognized them. And there were many, many times that it talks about how people saw angels in the flesh, not in the spirit. They, but, oh, isn't there, what's the verse where it says that Elijah said, no, I guess it's Elisha said that his servant opened his eyes so that he may yes. see. Yeah, so we have plenty of history mm-hmm. that that's our heritage that mm-hmm. we're supposed to see um, and that the Lord you know, even, like you said, mentioned that they have eyes, but they don't see. And he wasn't saying that as a compliment. No. So he wants us to see. And the enemy really doesn't want us to see because he doesn't want us to see what our purpose is. He doesn't want us to see uh, preparations and visions that God would give you to to show you about your destiny or show you about your family. He doesn't want to, the enemy doesn't want to be exposed. If you can see in the spiritual dimension, you can see uh, a lot of problems before they even, you know, come to pass or happen. Oh, absolutely. Well, let me just tell you something, just just a recent. Um, I was driving my car, and I kept seeing my tire fly off of my car. And I'm like, well, that's kind of crazy. So I called my husband, and I said, Rob, is it possible for a tire to fly off of a car. He goes, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Cannot happen. There are five lug nuts that keep it on, yada, yada, yada. But I kept seeing it. I saw it like three or four times, and I was rebuking it, but I kept seeing it. See, that is where discernment comes in. If you rebuke something, it has to go. <laughs> but if you keep seeing it, it's because maybe God is trying to give you a heads up. Just saying. Right. Um, and that's exactly what happened. I was driving down the road, and my tire actually flew off of the car. So wow. I saw it before it happened. I saw it before it So at it least happened. you were prepared for it. No, not necessarily. Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 because my husband assured me that that, that, that can't happen. Oh, okay. <laughs> but, but what happened is that the, um, the, the company that put the tire on did not tighten the lug nuts. So, wow. But the Lord kept showing me that, that that tire is coming off. I saw it. I saw it a couple of times, and I was like, I'm just rebuking that. So that's that. the benefit of having eyes to see. Absolutely. That you can be aware of what's 
you know, what's going to happen even to see the future. But, but now this is what I'm going to say about this, Mike, is that when I saw that, I immediately started to pray. I yeah. didn't just dismiss it. I prayed about it so That's that key. when it did happen, it was already covered. Right. And I think, yeah, that's definitely a key. Yeah, and I think that that sometimes, you know, everything kind of goes together. You know, our spiritual language goes with our spiritual sight, which goes with our spiritual ears, which goes with our spiritual touch. Right. It, and everything kind of works together. It does. And so I, I just, uh, the other thing I want to talk about is your, your imagination. Because I think that some people will dismiss, like they could have said, well, you had a premonition. That, that's like that new age way of, of saying you had a premonition that that right. was going to happen. And so therefore you, you kind of brought that upon because you, you kept thinking about it. Well, that wasn't a natural thought. <laughs> that was a warning, quite honestly. Right. And, but somebody could say, well, that was your imagination, so can you kind of talk to, to the listeners about the importance of partnering with your imagination? Yeah, you know, when the Lord talks about imagination in Scripture and He says that to look upon a woman lust after you've already committed adultery in your heart. So the, the Lord considered imagination in that Scripture to be an actual thing. It's not like He didn't say you're thinking about sinning. He was saying, you're sinning by doing that. So that kind of lets you know the reality of imagination. And when you take it to the other extreme, uh, if you can sin in your imagination, you can also do righteous things in your imagination. And um, for your spiritual eyes to open and engage, a lot of times your imagination will play an important part because if you uh, give yourself permission, let's say you've been you know afraid of seeing things or you don't think you can see things or you don't even know what that would look like, if you use your imagination, which I am convinced the imagination is an actual spiritual um, tool, for lack of a better word, that helps propel us into the things of the kingdom and spiritual experiences. But if you will use your imagination, keep your imagination clean, sanctified before God, and devoted to His purpose, and let's say you're praying and you, and you decide that uh, you want to visit heaven in your imagination, or you want to worship in your imagination. Now, if you, in your imagination... If you imagine yourself bowed at Jesus' feet in worship, you don't have to say a word. You have literally worshipped him. In your imagination, even though it's in your imagination, it's not like you're pretending to worship him. The intent of your heart is that you're in worship. You can do the same thing with seeing the angelic realm. In your imagination, you make it normal. It's normal, normal, normal that I'm seeing an angel in the corner of the room in my mind's eye or in my imagination, I see what the angel looks like. It's like I'm creating him in my imagination. But if you do this over and over, it brings an activation of some sort where your spiritual eyes, uh, you, it's like you're bringing down a barrier 
that and you're saying it's okay that I am seeing the unseen realm because you're continually doing it in your imagination, it actually brings the manifestation of it. And if you imagine something enough, there's an activation that takes place, a connection that takes place. And that works for the, for the evil side and the good side. A lot of people get enslaved to sin because they're constantly sinning in their imagination. A lot of people uh, engage with the heavenly host and the things of heaven because they're constantly worshiping in their imagination or engaging heaven. So let me ask you a question. Is there, um, because I believe in impartation, do, do you have a prayer or can you pray for the people who are listening to help them to open their eyes so that they can start to see the things that God has prepared? Absolutely. I believe in impartation too, and I enjoy that part of it because I believe that's why the Lord has taught me the things that he's taught me, not so that I could keep it for myself, but so that I could give it out. So, um, yeah, I, w- I would love to do that. Can I do that now? Absolutely. Okay, Father, in Jesus' name, I just uh, engage all the people that are listening, all the people that are hungry for the things of the kingdom. And, Father, I just lift them up before you right now, and I release by faith right now everything that you've given me, Father, to see and go and experience the things of the kingdom. I just decree and I release to them the activation of their spiritual eyes, that they would see the unseen for the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ to fulfill their purpose. I release this now in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 So if you guys start to see, I want to hear, I want you guys to start texting me and and sending me emails because I truly believe, as you do, Mike, that impartations are real. And I believe that even the stuff that you saw on Sid Roth, that those impartations and that stuff that you were able to gleam or, or to pull from the different people who spoke has helped to not only increase your your understanding, but it's also given you places to help teach because you have that in the back of the of your mind. Because I don't believe anything that God puts in, He wastes. I think every single person that has given us like some understanding or some wisdom or has taught us something, I believe that that is always going to be used to help us further, like understand the things that God has called us to do. Amen. And, Amen. And even the simple things that we've talked about tonight, I've seen major testimonies from people just taking a little, a little revelation, applying it to their own life, and see amazing things happen. I agree with that. And I also feel that there, one of the things that you were talking about is imagination is, is that, you know, some of the desires that you have, some of the, the dreams that you have, those were placed there by God. And I, I speak this a lot on my show, that those desires, God placed them there. And that's part of your destiny. And if you just come into agreement with it, if you just start praying into it, you're going to start Amen. to see things shift. Because what God has called you for, if you say yes, he will help you achieve it. It's the Amen. people who say no and walk away. God says, look, my will will be done. And so then, unfortunately, he has to go get someone else because you've decided no. Okay, there's something right. that I just saw out of the corner of my eye. I just saw a sphere. Woohoo! <laughs> I've never seen a sphere before. 
I, I've seen different things, but I literally, I've noticed that I've been starting to see lights. And um, I just want to go back to the gold dust. So, yeah. because I believe that once, um, once you see gold dust and once it, it kind of manifests, I believe that it's because you're going to start to see it. So I have to ask, how many times have you and your wife prayed and have had gold dust fall? Well, you know, I'll, uh, I'll just, I'll give you like a ratio. Okay. Um, probably at least three to four days a week. Okay. <laughs> yeah, because you know what? It's what we see is what we're drawn right. to. And, and so, when we start looking for it, absolutely. it manifests even more. Now, how many times do you see gold dust on different people? <laughs> uh, Especially it, it non-believers. my wife a lot. Yeah, I see it all the time. All of a sudden, I'm looking at them. I'm like, oh, that's gold dust. Why do they have gold dust? Oh, there must so be you, an angel. You, have a, you must have a similar uh, gift that my wife does because she'll be around people, uh-huh. and they'll get that as well. Yeah, oh, we need to talk. I need to speak to Gordina. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to definitely have to have you both back. Because I think that, yeah, there's some similarities, especially um, the whole Sid Roth thing. Because as I started to, when you first start to hear this, you're like, eh, Goldust, I don't know. But then you see it. And, it, and, it, and it's great when it happens outside of church. That's the beauty part. Because then yeah. you can't say, oh, it was fixed. You know, when you're in a right. Cuban restaurant and all of a sudden there's gold dust on your friend and on your hands. And, and the best is your husband has a big piece of gold dust that he will not acknowledge. That's, <laughs> that's all. And then, the, and then the people that I was having dinner with, we saw them a couple of days later because they came on to do the show. We had like a, a dinner before the show. And uh, when they came back a couple of days later, she looks at me, she goes, uh, does your husband know he has gold dust on his nose? I'm like, yeah, he just won't acknowledge it. And she, <laughs> she's like, I was cracking up when I saw that because I'm like, how could he not see that? I'm like, yeah, he just doesn't want to see it, you know, but it's there. It's true. And it's not something like when, when your wife's friend came over, it wasn't something that you were looking for. It just manifested. Right, and it's not it's not frivolous like a lot of people think because we have to always remember it's the Holy Spirit that That's is right. doing these things, and now, He knows what He's doing, so we have to trust that. Absolutely. Now I have to ask, what is what do you think the purpose of gold dust is? Because I have a theory. I just want I to think s- it. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, I, I was going to say that I believe that when I see gold dust, it's because angels are are doing stuff. I think it comes from the oh, angels. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that, but I think it it, it has uh, several layers of purpose just in that because a lot of times you can be weary or you can be going through things and you're and you're thinking, Lord, are you even around? And then your Bible gets you know gold dust on a verse, and you think, Oh, that's the Lord speaking to me, and it's an encouragement. Mm. And it's and it's like sometimes it seems frivolous because. You know, it's like, what is the purpose of gold dust, right? But it's kind of like when you take your kids out for ice cream. It's like, you know, you can take your kids and make them do chores all the time, but sometimes you just want to do something special to put a gleam in their eye or to, so you take them out for ice cream or you take them out to, you know, some special place where you're just spending time together. And I think the gold dust actually does that for us sometimes. It's like God's presence. And it's just like a confirmation and a comfort. I love that. I absolutely love that. This has been awesome. This has just been so cool. So if you guys want to go out and you want to get Mike's book, Seeing in the Spirit, you can, like I said, you can go to Amazon and it's How to See in the Spirit, a practical guide on engaging the spiritual realm. 
And again, that's by Michael Van Vleiman. So you guys can find it on Amazon. And you can also go to his website, which I believe it's www.riverofblessingsinternationalministries.org. So you can go and find all of his books. And he's written many, many books. How many books have you actually written, Mike? Uh, Well, with books and booklets, I think eight. Okay. And there's more to come. More to come. More to come. More, actually, more teachings, too. I yes. bet you and I kind of talked about that. But, yeah, yeah I, see some, I see some serious teaching. So if you guys want to connect with, um, with Mike, you can find him at uh, riversofblessingsinternationalministries.org. You can, I guess, you have email that people, if they wanted to, to, uh, yes, to send you something. Yes, they can send me messages through the website. Okay. Or on Facebook. Okay. So you can guys, you guys can also now. Is it a Facebook page like a like you know one of those well, like? <laughs> I have an author page and I have just a regular page. Okay. And I'm not even close to my limit yet, so I've got room for a few friends. Oh my goodness! So <laughs> friend request, everybody. You can definitely yeah. send out your friend request. Well, this has been such such a blessing, and I'm I'm so excited, and I definitely would love to have your wife back. The next time, if she, I don't know if she comes on and if she's, uh, if she's, uh, um, if she's comfortable she speaking. Speak. Oh, perfect. Yeah, we de- yeah. definitely tell her she has an open invitation here because okay. I think that some of her stories are especially um, how God has been moving in women lately. There has well, been. Well, my wife is the seer in our family. Okay. okay. I'm, I'm the second. I'm, I'm second okay. you know, in what I'm experiencing. That is awesome. Well, Mike, thank you so much for coming on Touch by Prayer. This has just been such a blessing to me. And like I said, if you guys want to go out and, and get his book, How to See in the Spirit, A Practical Guide on Engaging the Spiritual Realm, or if you also would like to connect with him on Facebook, you guys can find him. It's Michael Van Vleiman. It's V-A-N, capital V-Y-L-E-M-E-N, correct? That was close. That was close. Yeah, well- Oh, no. V-L-Y-M-E-N. Okay, V-L-Y-M-E-N. Sorry, I was, yeah. I was so, I thought I had it. <laughs> you had two letters rearranged. Ah, uh, yeah, that's that, <laughs> that, that's that whole dyslexia thing that I, rebu- I rebuke. Uh, <laughs> and my husband just pointed. It's been an honor being with you. Oh, uh, this has been, so, well, I'd love to have you guys back, and, and we'll definitely uh, talk about some more things. So I hope this has, um, thank you again, Michael, for, for coming on. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you guys for for tuning in. I hope this has blessed you. But more importantly, I hope that this has given you an opportunity to open up your eyes to start to see and believe what God is showing you. So thank you guys so much for tuning in. Remember to go out and touch someone. Good night.